I don't know if I'm going to like necessarily wax poetic, but Jennifer Lopez had her space pants on in this movie. Dude, I was going to like, I want to talk about that. The The most redeeming part of this movie is Jennifer, uh, Jennifer, not Jennifer, Anson, Jennifer Lopez is like everything, but definitely her just, ass. Just space pants. She was, mm. you know, you know why she was wearing space pants, right? Why? Because her butt was out of this world. Jesus. Well, hello and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez. And my good buddy, Max Lyon. What up? Watch Robcoms and then record our thoughts and post them on the internet for your listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing this fine Sunday? Good. Good. Chilling. Relaxing. Enjoying another day of quarantine. How are you? I'm doing well. Chilling out. Maxing, relaxing, all cool. And I'm shooting some b-ball outside of the school. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that was, <laughs> that was excellent, my... excellent use of that. <laughs> Thank you very much as I sip on my tequila and coffee. Oh man. As they call it in the streets, my in my Mexican green card. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway. Uh, hey, it's entertaining for me. I, I got my vape pen here, so this is all I need to yeah. giggle the whole time, so... Yeah. Speaking of immigrating to this country, oh boy, <laughs> we watched The Wedding Planner. Dear God, your segues. <laughs> you get these out of a book? Like, these are so impressively atrocious that. <laughs> nah, that's just top of the dome. <laughs> Maybe I'm bored with it. You know, it just it is what it is. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> this is a movie that you chose in our mini wedding movie draft. I did. Uh, did what's your uh, previous memories regarding this film before? You know, I thought I'd seen it before, but I really hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was remembering a scene where Jennifer Lopez is walking along the beach, which I thought was like, I was picturing like the Santa Monica Pier and everything. And and she's talking to a guy who I could have sworn was Matthew McConaughey. I had to look it up after the movie because if we get done with the movie and I go, they were in San Francisco the whole time. They were never in Santa Monica. Yeah. And so I had to look it up. It's it's a completely different movie from an actually completely different era too. But it is Jennifer Lopez, so I was happy about that. What movie was it? It's um, that's another bad one. Um. Oh God, uh, Monster in Law. That's what it was. Oh, oh wow, that's right. So different. <laughs> I had completely forgotten about that movie too, but for some reason I remembered that scene. All right. And so I thought that was this movie, and it's not. And I've never seen this movie before in my life, and um, I would have been comfortable with that, but <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll save we'll save that. Um, this is your first time watching it, right? This was my first time watching it as well. I did know about the dumpster scene, which I said at the end of the last podcast, and you said, I don't think that's in this movie, but that's because you were thinking of Monster-in-Law. Yup. Um, but yes, I knew that there was a dumpster scene, and that was kind of the main meet-cute of the main couple in this film. Um, it's a dumb meet-cute. Yeah, I... Didn't know much else about this. Didn't really have any thoughts of when it was out or anything like that. So let's just go straight into the stats of the movie. Yeah, let's let's just get into this. Yeah, the, this may be a shorter episode because, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> As you will see. The, yeah, The Wedding Planner is a 2001 American romantic comedy film directed by Adam Shankman, who is also a dancer and choreographer. And he happened to direct this film as well. 
and it was written by uh, Michael Ellis and Pamela Falk, and it stars Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey. Um, after them, then it's Bridget Wilson Sampras, who played Franny, uh, Justin Chambers, that Anglo-Saxon name was Massimo, <laughs> and Alex Rocco, who played uh, Salvatore, the dad, the dad. So were there actually any real Italians in this movie? Not really. Uh, Jennifer Lopez is Puerto Rican. Alex Rocco was born in Massachusetts. So other than his last name, there's not much. I mean, I wish Jennifer Lopez was Italian. Then I I would have been approved by my family to marry her. (laughs) Literally the only thing holding me back. Yep, that's the only thing. Uh, The... Date or the movie was released on January 26, 2001, so just before my 13th birthday, and right around that, uh, that year Super Bowl, which would have been the Rams and Patriots. So, uh, tell me you looked that up. Nope, I, I'm incorrect. The Rams and Patriots were the 2001 season, which means they played the Super Bowl in 2002. So this was actually the Super Bowl with the Giants and the Ravens, where the Ravens beat the fuck out of the Giants. <laughs> sounds sounds about right, just like any team yes. named Giants. <laughs> because the the Ravens ha- that was the year the their fantastic defense with Ray Lewis and Tony Saragusa and all and all those guys. Oh um, yeah, 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 totally, totally remember yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> 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 um, and then. And the biggest thing about that Super Bowl was the halftime show, which had uh, Britney Spears, NSYNC, Nelly, and Aerosmith. No Jennifer Lopez? No. Well, then what the hell? Although, there are some stats here to talk about. Uh, the budget of the film, $35 million. How much did it make in the box office? Oh, God. $100 million. Close. $95 million. Yeah, I was, um, was going to be appalled if it was higher than that. Well, the thing about this film, though, is that uh, the film on its opening weekend, um, I have some tasty tidbits for this film that we'll get into very shortly. Um, it opened at number one. Um, Interesting. And so... And when it opened at number one, she also had the number one album in in the nation. Uh, okay, she that makes sense. She was the first person to have the number one album and number one movie at the same time. Really? Yeah. First person ever. Uh, let's see. I mean, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm trying to get to no here i'll look it up continue with your stats no i know because i like i had it and it's somewhere on here on this list of a bunch of shit and like whatever yeah anyway um yeah (laughs) as of of 2012 lopez has been married three times and now she's with a rod god (laughs) <laughs> None of them are me, and she ended up with A-Rod. What is happening with the world? I don't know. Uh, oh, here's a fun tidbit. A-Rod. Uh, Jennifer Lopez says romantic comedies are her favorite kind of movie. Her all-time favorite rom-com is... Made Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> when Harry Met Sally, so kind of the same thing. Oh, Okay. Hey, hey. Get that good taste. Anyway, I mean, I, I uh, feel like when Harry Met Sally is like, if you if you like rom coms at all, like when Harry Met Sally is just a nice, common like it, it's the it's the high school sweetheart of rom coms. It's like it'll always be there. It's like a nice constant. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, yeah, the first person to have a number one movie, number one album in the same week. Uh, that's pretty cool so uh and then uh also what is the running time of the film 
Um, thankfully it was shorter, right? I'd say, I don't know, hour and a half. It's 103 minutes. Hour and 43 minutes. Oh, actually longer than I thought. It was, it, it felt that way. When I texted you that I was only halfway through, I was very sad. <laughs> 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 and then, uh, and then Rotten Tomatoes is given this. A score. Oh boy. Uh, I don't know out of how many, but I do know the percentage. I so. swear to God, if it's any higher than like 30%. Is that what we're going to go with? I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say 25%. Okay. It's based off of 104 reviews. Okay. And it, it has a 16%. That's about right. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, for instance, one art, or one review from Entertainment Weekly's Lisa Schwarzbaum critically compared the film to My Best Friend's Wedding, which we watched last week, mm-hmm. writing that where Julia Roberts turned the world on with her huggability, Lopez's vibe is that of someone afraid to get must. And where Rupert Everett was divine as a sidekick, McConaughey is mortally ordinary as a God, main dish who spent most of his time smiling like a party guest. God, he is. <laughs> Smiling like a party guest. Like, for a lead role, and especially for Matthew McConaughey, he's such a forgettable character. Uh, one thing, uh, also, this film was nominated for a Razzie Award for Worst Actress for your Lopez. Really? Yes. Um, and also, uh, this was uh, Lopez and McConaughey's first lead roles in a rom-com oh okay that that explains the context okay that that puts it into context a little bit better yeah so lopez would move on to main in manhattan uh she had made out of sight which was heavily romantic but also was more of a drama uh and played in a different manner that's a good movie out of sight um and her chemistry with george clooney in that movie is pretty fantastic uh and then uh yeah the matthew conaghy his next rom-com starring feature would be how to lose a guy in 10 days in 2003 yes which he was i mean granted it's matthew mcconaughey so the he caps out pretty quick but (laughs) (laughs) but he was much better in how to lose a guy in 10 days days than this like yeah oh my god also, Judy Greer was in this film as the sidekick. Who was also uh, she, in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. She was also... Was she in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? Yeah, wasn't she um, Kate Hudson's friend? No. Okay, no. we've watched way too many rom-coms. I'm overlapping so many now. You're, you're thinking of 13 going on 30. Yep. Yeah, and she'll also be in 27 Dresses. So. Okay to Judy Greer showing up there as well uh, as the friend. <laughs> um, and then uh, Kathy Najimy was in this film. She played Jerry, the lady that was going to give the partnership to Mary when she finished off this wedding. Oh, right. Okay. Um, fun Kathy Najimy, who was in the Sister Act movies and also the voice of Peggy Hill in King of the Hill. Uh, fun fact about Kathy Najimy, her husband is Dan from the Dan Band, which, if you've watched uh, The Hangover or Old School, the wedding band that performs, that's the Dan Band. Huh. I don't think I've ever seen Old School. And I need you now, tonight. I fucking need you more. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. That's the Dan Band. And Dan who's Dan Finnerty, he was the best man who got fed the speech by Mary. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. Nice little tidbit there for you. I'm filling time with all these tidbits because there's not a lot to talk about when it comes to the plot. Yeah. Um, Well, we already, we already kind of talked about the characters. So let's, maybe we should start with them. (laughs) All right. Have at it. What would you like to talk about? They're lifeless, boring, and forgettable. What's next? 
<laughs> uh, no, uh, I mean, like, honestly, the I most... Honestly, well, I Honestly Love You by Olivia Newton-John was written in 1974, and it was, was uh, Newton-John's first number one single. It, again, shouldn't have been. Like, it's a bad song, too. I love you. I honestly love you. Again, another, like, of all the romantic songs to choose as, like, your <laughs> rom-com soundtrack song, you know? Yeah. Like, there's, a, whenever you have music yeah. incorporated in a rom-com, which there are a lot, they always have, like, one, like, big song that's, like, the major takeaway or becomes, like, the couple's moment or whatever. And it's, like, that's one of your takeaway songs? Really? Ugh. Jesus. Well, that's, that's why it was lampooned by her and... That's why I was lampooned by the movie because it's a shit song. Yeah, well, it it unfortunately sets the tone for the rest of the movie. Like everything is kind of on par with that, where it's like it's not the worst, but it's 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 just kind of blah. And I felt like all the characters were like that. It was just like as soon as the credits rolled, I forgot them all, and. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. We already we already kind of talked about was bad, and Jennifer Lopez. I mean, is obviously the most redeeming part of this movie, just because she's adorable in it. But you know, kind of flat, forgettable. Well, as I said in the beginning, in our cold open, her butt was out of this world. But it always is. She, my God, she is. But at the same t- at the same time, her acting ability was firmly planted within this world. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Very was, much so. Uh, yeah. Fifteen year old me was so incredibly blinded by her good looks that I had to step outside of that for a moment while watching this movie and go, "Okay, yeah, but that's always been the thing with Jennifer Lopez. She's basically." She's the equivalent of like the really good like utility baseball player who hustles hard and like will have a random day off the bench <laughs> where they'll be like they'll go three for four and you're just like, Man, they went three for four. Like maybe they should be getting more playing time, but then as they get more playing time they start hitting like two fifty and you realize, Oh, they're just okay. <laughs> <laughs> like that's pretty good analogy but they seem like they should be better but they're just okay damn it now i miss baseball i mean that's that's jennifer lopez here she i mean a better analogy would probably be football if you go with the backup quarterback she's the backup quarterback who comes in plays like two really good quarters but you don't want her starting because it's not going to end up very well but at the same time you just have her come in play a couple quarters when you need her yeah i mean and that's not to say she did horribly like you said like she's she's passable she's just not she's not quite at the same echelon as a lot of other lead ladies or lead characters for that matter that we've seen in rom-coms and it as as was mentioned earlier like it's her first rom-com lead right it shows it's just a matter of confidence a lot of times where right. there's just not a lot of commitment in some of the performances like um, and and the script doesn't do any favors as well I, I did i did notice she she kind of switched up her like the way she pronounced certain words or the i guess the inflection in her voice i think is what it's called and you mm-hmm. which she takes like a different tone of voice depending on the situation she switched it up a couple times where there were several times where it's just I can tell it's her usual or like what I know of as her usual Jennifer Lopez voice. But then there were a couple moments where she had like baby talk going on. Yeah. Did you notice that? Well, that those are the times where she's supposed to be like soft and in love and like she had let her guard down and that was supposed to be the idea, which unfortunately was kind of popular at the time where there's just a lot of That's like true. There, like a lot of baby talk was happening within relationships. Like a lot of girls kind of reverted to that at that time. Ugh. I know. 
<laughs> I think of like I think of like Gwen Stefani and like No Doubt. Oh, just, oh God, okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yes. that kind of vibe. That oh that was God. like the pre nine eleven girl vibe of the late nineties, <laughs> 2000s. And then nine eleven kind of shook everyone out of it. I guess. I think. Time to get serious. I, yeah. Yeah, I think I don't know. Um, yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> but it, as it, like the same thing could be said about McConaughey and his performance I thought the line by that critic about how he smiles as if he's a party guest was pretty on point yeah yeah Where it's just like he just got to be himself and got to be charming you know and that that's just who I am I'm Matthew McConaughey yeah it's just and it's before Matthew McConaughey really knew he was Matthew McConaughey. Like he yeah. still wasn't sure he was Matthew McConaughey yet, you know. So before the Lincoln commercials, before the Lincoln commercials, <laughs> yeah. Before, once the Lincoln commercials came through, then he knew all he had to do was say, "All right, all right, all right." It was all right, all right, all right. So, all right, yeah. It's just so it was like two actors who were not the first picks on this film. Yeah. And it shows. Wait, were they not? for Like, were there other actors? Yeah, that's another tidbit. So, uh, the first no. couple that they decided on, it was going to be Jennifer Love Hewitt and Brendan Fraser. Oh my god, I forgot entirely about both of them. Yeah, and uh, and Jennifer Love Hewitt. The family was originally written as Armenian, and not Italian. Interesting. And then, uh, after Love Hewitt and Fraser dropped out, then they got Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. Oh God! And what then, year is this? Well, the movie came Jeez. out in 2001, which means it was filmed in 2000 when Miguel, Michelle Geller and Freddie Prinze Jr. were fucking popping. It, was it really too... For some reason, I feel like it was so much longer ago than that. No, it, like, January 20, 26, 2001 is when this film came out, which means it was filmed in 2000. No, I know when the movie was filmed. I'm talking about Geller and Prince being that pop i mean she's all that came out in like 99 yeah see i associate them with like the mid to late 90s more so i guess i guess that's not that far removed yeah Jesus. i mean even though 1999 and 2000 look completely different as numbers they're only one away from each other oh my god okay i could have seen the love hewitt and fraser a little bit more but i could see i could not see that one red and fraser like i get that everyone thought Brendan Fraser was a leading guy at some point, but I do not understand Brendan Fraser in this role. And I don't understand Jennifer Love Hewitt in this role. Oh, I could definitely understand Jennifer Love Hewitt. She was I don't understand her in this role though. She wasn't old enough to know about like Wedding Planet. She would have come she would have definitely come in with a different vibe. She had just finished playing a high school senior and can't hardly wait. Literally a year and a half. Oh, ago. true. Yeah. Okay. And it's just like you look like you should be in college, and Brendan Fraser looks like he should be your really older brother that from a previous marriage. Isn't he still stuck in a, a you know a catacomb or a something investigating mummy? Uh, oh, you went the mummy route. I thought you're going Encino Man. With what? Encino Man. What's that? That's a Pauly Shore movie where uh, Brendan Fraser was like frozen or something. Oh. This is this is what this movie has brought us to. We're already talking about this is reinforcing our point that none of these people work. Like this maybe it's not the people. Maybe it's the movie. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. Um anyway, do you have any other thoughts about the characters? Um No. I think that really like there's not a whole lot to really talk about, I don't think. Um yeah, I think we gave Jennifer Lopez as much acknowledgement as she needs. Matthew McConaughey doesn't really deserve any to begin with, so um, yeah, I think we're good. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, with that, let's get into uh, the movie. <laughs> uh, here's another fun fact. Oh, Justin boy. Chambers, who played Massimo, this was his second ever film. He was an, a soap actor, soap opera actor before this. Oh, I could see that, yeah. Um, and fun fact, he had never attempted an accent on screen before this movie. You don't say. You don't say. I am. This movie also had. This movie also had the words "gay" and "retarded" used as slang terms, like yeah, like bad slang terms. Yeah, within ten minutes of each other. Yeah, at one point. This movie is the worst. Uh, it, it, it really sucked. Uh, <laughs> I keep coming back to this, these tasty tidbits because I can't find words to describe how bad it was. That works. That works. So you'll, you'll hear me come back to these tasty tidbits as I lose the words to describe what a wreck this movie is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I look, I mean kudos to the makers of this film. They almost made three times their budget. Kudos uh, to uh the actors for trying. It was their yep, first time. For the first time, I mean, they got uh, they got work beyond it uh and Yep, both went on to illustrious careers, so... Illustrious and, yeah, very successful careers. Um, Yes. Yes. So, I... uh, (laughs) Where to begin with the the film? I I mean, I... I I can't get with Here, let's begin here. Let's begin with the fact that so we, we drew an, already drew an allusion to uh, my best friend's wedding. Okay. Which, which I'm glad someone else thought of that and picked up on that because I picked up on that while watching it too where it was like, okay, this has a similar – like the storyline has a similar vibe to it where it's like she's not going to – maybe she's not going to end up with the, with the title or the, the lead character, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was like – it had that weird same kind of intrigue in it where it's like, it's not just a man and a woman thrown together and you watch them build a relationship. It's like obstacles and, you know, will they, won't they kind of thing. But that dynamic was so cataclysmically destroyed throughout the entire movie. They, it was like they made the wrong decisions at every step of the way. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was so unrealistic and unbelievable. I, I was just sitting there going, what am I watching? You keep introducing these new twists and turns that are completely unnecessary. Like, and, and the entire time, they introduce new information without ever really developing anything wholeheartedly. Like, they kept going, I felt like they kept going in all these different directions, you know? Like, they never developed any one character. They never picked a storyline. They never, they never fully developed any one thing. It was just all these little plot points and devices and, you know, lines that they thought would be cute and scenes that they thought would be cute. And it, it just never like developed anything. I thought. Yeah. Like they try to develop this whole the the lines during the dancing. Uh, like initially when they dance while watching the movie, um, and then when they have their you know conversation in the dance studio after she finds out mm-hmm. she's the fiance, and like they're I. 
Yeah, they had the makings for it. They, they, it it was obvious that they tried to emulate a rom-com. It was just obvious that this was, as I mentioned earlier, was directed by a dancer and choreographer because everything is supposed to look cool, but there's no substance or reason behind it. Exactly. Look cool. That's a really, that's a much better and succinct way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, There's no substance. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just like everything. And there's another critic who mentions that everything's heavy handed in this film, which is what happens when you have someone who's not necessarily a director direct a film. Like they're not going to understand the subtleties of it. Like, yes, the two characters are in, you know, a, a tense argument. And it's a passionate argument where they're, you know, repressing their feelings and everything. So we're going to have them dance some weird tango with like leg kicks and everything. And like, yeah. close, but not that close and everything else. And it's just like, this is the complete obvious choice. <laughs> like This is, you know, this is you. You've decided to make peanut butter and jelly for your kids again. Yeah. Cool. I, it- I get it. That goes along with your analysis before about like that we've brought up several times since about the infer. What what did you say? You infer something. Show tell, show tell and infer. Yeah. Show tell and infer. Like this was exclusively show. Showed it and told it. Yeah. (laughs) And left you no room to infer. (laughs) Like you were shown and told and you could, there was no room for interpretation. You yeah. now know exactly what's happening in this film. Yes. It's like, all right, cool. Thanks. Yeah. It's just, there's just no reason to care ever in no, this film. No. Like, they do not do a good job of setting up Mary as the protagonist because she's so guarded. Like, I mean, they show her eating alone, but, you know. There's a mix of, you should be proud that, you know, independent woman, yeah, like, Destiny's Child, independent woman came out around that time. Like, there's there's this whole, you know, sisters are doing it for themselves sort of vibe that you should feel proud of, that she's kind of like this self-made wedding planner type thing. Right. But at the same time, that wall that she's putting up and everything else is the reason why she's also single and in a rom-com that's also considered like the ultimate obstacle to the end is her being single. How about, how about when they randomly threw in her haunted past and then we never talked about it again? (laughs) Like, I mean, how she was uh, cheated on, on her rehearsal dinner by her fiance with his uh, high school girlfriend who he's now married to and has impregnated. Yes. And how <laughs> she sees him in a flower market in the same, like <clears throat> that is the scene that if they were really about their shit, that should have been elongated. That why should have, not, that should have been like the crux not, of the movie. Why are we not seeing her get drunk? Yes, exactly. We could have made that the tipping point of the whole plot. Especially when drunk scenes are an easy instance of creating vulnerability within a character. Yes. Especially when they have walls up. Yes. The easy way to tear those walls down is through a a liquid Trojan horse. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's just alcohol is that Trojan horse. And (laughs) <laughs> that like instead we just get to the aftermath of him taking her to her room and everything else like that and it's like look i get that they've had moments and everything else like this but this is a thing like this is something where you could have really experienced like really got on to like she's got this wall up and ever yeah. since she lost her mom maybe there's something about the mom being gone yeah that's that was a perfect opportunity for some inference yep Maybe she talks about how the whole arranged marriage thing with Massimo and how she knows it would make her dad happy. Right. And so then he can kind of, you know, put that into Steve's head as well. And just, you can kind of find out why Steve feels the need to knock on her door again. 
Yeah, because even that was random. I was like, like at that point in the movie, he knocks on the door. I should be sitting there rooting for it. Yeah. And at that point, I'm like, dude, go the fuck home. What is wrong with you? Yeah, you're still engaged, and she does the right thing there. But and I, I'm glad, like, he didn't just like lunge at her and kiss her. He He's actually so nightmare. That was the that was a very redeeming quality about that character. That that and that he he had a conversation with her. Like, mm-hmm. if you really are feeling conflicted, mm-hmm. that was actually a good move to go back and like talk to her and be like, look, I still think about that night. That's what's conflicting me. Do you think about it? Are, are we on the yes. same page? Is there something here? Yeah. That's Which, a, that's a great conversation to have. And that's, I think that's, that's another redeeming I, part. I but. think that's yeah. I think that's the proper protocol in the case of like the male character in a rom com, that they should be more willing to have a conversation and to be insecure to the point where they have to ask. Yes. Is this real? Like, do you feel what I feel here? Like, are we, are we on the same page here? Like, yeah. Sort of yeah. Let's drop all the pretenses. Let's and, be real here. We want to communicate. Yeah, let's have some communication. Because there's a lot of rom-coms where guys just skip that part and go straight to a kiss. Yeah. And, and just like, I'm going to kiss you. If you pull away, then I know that you're not into me. It's just like, no, dog, you know right. what? You, you, you can use your words. And and sometimes uh, sometimes it's warranted. There are plenty of opportunities where, you know, you're both vibing. You're both feeling it. It's obvious. You're both in the moment. You go for the kiss. But that's where it should be reserved for. Like when you don't need words, it's you already know. But if you still are wondering, <laughs> don't just throw the hail mary and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Talk about it. Yeah. It's not hard. Yeah, I agree. It's only hard uh, when one party isn't being honest. So you know, talking about it obviously requires reciprocation, but. Anyway, which she did not really do in that scene. I mean, she she did like the proper professional thing to do, which was to shut him down and say, all I'm going to do is be your wedding planner. I get that. I think it was a great, great move on her part. I I wouldn't change it. But she also wasn't being entirely honest. So. Whatever. Director Adam Shankman said, making this movie was like multi-million dollar therapy for my issues about love. Next time, just go to the therapist. That's another tip. Don't put it. <laughs> exactly. Jesus. What the fuck is that? What kind of therapy did he get therapy, out of this? Therapy is supposed to be private, man. Stop inflicting it on millions of other people. What, what could you have possibly gotten out of this film therapy-wise? If anything, it just it made me need to go to therapy more. <laughs> uh, and Lopez said, of all the characters she's played, Mary was the closest to her real-life personality. Really? She said she wasn't a perfectionist, but, like, as far as, like, the, you know, planning things out, and, you know, kind of working hard with the wall up. Uh, well, I get that. I think... Most people kind of have that if they're any sort of, you know, goal-oriented person. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, Jesus. Uh, the director also said it's destiny when two people from different worlds meet. They need to come together. This film is about risking your heart and not being afraid to go for it. That mm, bullshit. I did not get <laughs> What the hell? What is this? This sounds like something from my art class in undergrad where it's like you just shit on a canvas and back it up with some bullshit hoping no one will question you. <laughs> this, like, this is about the uprising. What oh, uprising? The uprising. Yeah. If you have to ask, then, <laughs> then you're yeah, not you part of the cause. It. You don't get what it. The fuck kind of babble is this? <laughs> Capitalist. Uh um, <laughs> Sticking it to the I, man. What man? 
here's here's the deal with rom-coms the idea about this podcast is that we see in rom-coms a, a quality that people tend to like to shove off to the side because of its genre they immediately you know are prejudiced towards these movies yeah, because it's movies like this and it's immediately shipped off to the side. This is the this is one of the reasons why this yes. film is a reason why that Definitely. is done. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of redeeming qualities to it, <laughs> and, uh, other than how pretty Jennifer Lopez was in it. Um, well, even Matthew Matthew McConaughey had weird blonde hair. Yeah, that was a weird. Is that his natural hair color? Nah. Okay, because it looked so fake. It looked really weird. I'm pretty sure he's a brunette or like a dirty blonde. Okay. Like yeah, I, I thought he was a dirty blonde, but that looked really <coughs> blonde. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know what they were oh. doing with, with what he was. Yeah, because I mean, it was like, it was also short and like they thinned his hair out and it was like, professionally unmade you know what i mean yeah kind yeah. of the same way like the, ted and having yeah. the early so, 2000s bedhead yeah 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 and it was just not a good look at all especially with like glasses like the glasses he had they weren't like jude law glasses they did nothing for his face yeah he didn't really need glasses nah like how how does this guy said days now that Matthew McConaughey? Yes, he uh, pulled off the glasses in that movie, definitely. Yeah, but in this film, they didn't do him justice. Well, you and I have obviously have varied views of rom coms and definitely things that different, completely different things that we value in rom coms between the two of us. But I think one thing we've both agreed on for a lot of the movies we've married and a lot of the the rom-coms that even if we didn't marry them we could acknowledge they were decent movies to watch were rom-coms with a little bit of complexity to them yeah like i i mean that's coming from someone who more than once has admitted that you know i i definitely love a good simple rom-com once in a while like the the really just cheesy you know straightforward like super mushy gushy teen kind of rom-com you know once in a while those are fun they remind you of simpler times they boil love down to a very simple straightforward black and white you know emotion and it's fun but if i really had to choose what is a good rom-com movie i don't think i would choose any of those even though you know i, I have married a couple <laughs> like a lot like love and you know, cheesy rom-coms. Oh, no strings attached. That's just a good fucking movie. But, you know, those are completely different leagues than, like, something like When Harry Met Sally, you know, where you got, like, layers. you got complexity. And this like just... Like an onion. There's layers. <laughs> How about a parfait? Everybody loves parfait. Is Shrek a rom-com? I could see an argument for it. <laughs> yeah, right? It is kind of a rock. Anyway. <laughs> Shrek is a better movie than this movie. Let's get That's right to I'm it. Saying. That's what I'm saying. We're already talking about future rom-coms we can fucking do on the podcast. Because this rom-com has nothing to talk about. There's no bones to this. There's no... It really isn't. nothing. This is a big... This is basically going to a friend's house for a dinner party, and they feed you a goddamn plate of nacho cheese Doritos, and it's just like, <laughs> I, okay, I, I mean, I'll 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 eat it and it'll taste good, but I'm going to leave here feeling like shit, unsatisfied. I'll still be hungry, but not as hungry, and also my body's just going to be like, uh, yeah, nutrients. Where are those? <laughs> Substance, like you said at the very beginning, substance. There's no substance. There's substance. no substance. This is the, this is the potato chip of rom coms. Yeah. The cotton candy. Yeah. There's no substance. 
it, it like you get what you get. You know what you're getting yourself into. Don't expect anything more. I mean, when you have it, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. You were about to go launch into something. Go. I can't get over the fact that they had a fucking soap opera actor in his second feature film put on an Italian accent. A horrible one. An Italian accent and just like, it, oh, God damn it. God damn it. That's yes. so, it's even for 2000s, it, like early 2000s, late 90s, that is stupid beyond like the normal Hollywood. But that's how Hollywood he's, is. Hollywood's always been stupid when it comes to casting. He's an American-German actor, too. He's not even, like, what, just because he's European? What? No, it's not that. It's because he he was a model. It was because he looked good. Oh, my God. And so he so then you could buy Jennifer Lopez saying, all right, I guess I'll marry you. Because a lot of females who are watching this movie probably would have come to the same conclusion. To your casting point, I find it. Hard to believe there's no one else they could have gotten that, you know. You know, an actual Italian actor. I mean, that would have got, but th- that would have also involved some sort of, you know, effort. Um, Please you know. don't uh, take my bias out of the equation. But Italians are, we're good looking fucking people. All right. You could have easily found someone that was still good looking that actually had an accent. Yeah. Who was actually Italian. You yeah. Know. Uh, or pro- and probably would have been cheaper. Yeah. Like I mean, but uh, granted, this was later. This was like a show that took that takes you know pride in what he was doing. But and, Master, they, and then they, they, they cast a Puerto Rican to play the yeah. other one. Yeah, and the fact that it has to be Italian, they decide to go Italian for the Puerto Rican. Like, like all right, well. We got, so she can't be Armenian. What about Italian? How about Puerto Rican? Yes! Like, what, just because she's quote-unquote ethnic, you're going to make her Italian? What? I'm so sick of that. There have been so many damn roles throughout movies where people, like, play Italians and they're not Italian. And it's like, what? what? We're not a rare species. Just find some Italian people. Like, why is that so hard? And why do you constantly replace Italians with different ethnicities? Just have them be the ethnicity that they are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just... It is what it is. Um, because that's just how Hollywood's been. Just now, we're starting to get into... Well, now as like a quote-unquote response to Black Lives Matters, there's a lot of shows and like cartoons and things like that where they're just like, oh, you know, we... Like, there's an episode of Golden Girls where they're wearing mud masks. So they decided to take that episode out of, like, streaming because of the possibility of blackface for the characters. Oh. And and everyone who supports Black Lives Matters and just equality for those of color are just like, yeah, that's... Uh, what? Look, that's not the issue here. What about defunding the police or, you know, arresting the murderer? Right. Brianna Taylor or you know any other sort of thing and then the other and then like there's a meme out there that's just like oh also the white guy who was voicing Cleveland and family guy he's no longer gonna voice him it's gonna be voiced by an actual person of color okay well what about defining the bully yeah that's not what we're asking for like it's just and then there's a you're missing the point there's something that Malcolm X said. Uh, I forget the exact quote, but someone put that down in like response to the meme about how, you know, the other side's going to try to appease you in different ways other than actually solving the issue. Yeah. And, and so, and, and just, he, so and just now, just now, we're getting to a point where, like, people of color are being pandered to. Like, let's be real, they're being pandered to right now in 2020 because of an uprising that was kind of a one in a million type thing because of a pandemic, giving people time to then, you know, really attack with our time and our voices. Right. Some horrible injustices that have been going on and continue to go on and have not really been stopped. Right. And so it's taken all of this just to get some like racial pan like racial like stereotypes to stop like being 
poorly casted by Hollywood. It, Finally, just, but like, but again, you're like, they're missing the the issue. The, like, we're beyond that at this point, and you know, my problem with the whole like, we should be beyond it. We're not. Well, we should be. Yeah. The real issue is just individuality, just treating people as they are, just acknowledging who they are, what they are, and what they see themselves as, and just letting them be. Like, just allow people to, we're all on the same fucking planet, but we're all different people. Just let us be ourselves. Let us be our own individuals. And let us be proud of that. Give us the tools to actually be proud of who we are. And that's, that's, it's simple as that. I think finally a lot of humanity is catching up, is getting to that point. Fortunately, I think society as a group, as a whole, still needs to catch up. But I think humanity is starting to go in that direction finally. But Jesus, it's not a, it's not a tall order. It's pretty simple. Like, Stop trying to fit people in the mold. Stop casting people to play other roles because you've scripted it that way or planned it that way. Just let them be who they are. You know, like a, create a society that allows black people to grow up proud of being black people because that's what they are. Like stop punishing people based on super dumb, petty, super things yeah um, there's my there's my rant for the day <laughs> the uh, <laughs> yeah and the are the writers of the film Pamela Falk and Michael Ellis got the idea for the movie from an ad for a wedding planner class uh, they were a couple when they started writing the movie, but broke up by the first rewrite. That's what did it in, huh? First rewrite. Yeah. Uh, in the original script, Mary's family was from Armenia. It was changed to Italy to reach a water or wider audience. How about, like, you could have easily just done, done Puerto Rican who comes to the United States, you know, or makes a life for herself in the United States. Like... Mm-hmm. I think that's a great story right there. Uh, and um, in the original script, Penny was an older British woman. And then they casted, or they cast uh, Judy Greer, so no longer was it an older British woman. Oh. I could see the older British woman angle. That could have been funny. Both are equally unnecessary. Yeah. But uh, the um, only the only scene I actually laughed at uh, was the uh, Greek wedding when they're breaking the plates. Oh and, yeah, I did laugh at that part too. Yeah, and Judy Greer is telling the guy, "You're not breaking plates in the fucking Ritz Carlton." <laughs> That was a funny line. I'll give that. I'll give the movie that much credit. But uh, well, Judy I mean, Greer just, is fucking hilarious. So Judy Greer is you know solid again as the friend. I mean, that's all you can pretty much say about her because that's all she was really in this film. Um, even the jokes they gave her weren't that great of a joke. No, again, script was not good. Yeah. I mean, the whole, you know, friends, brothers, godmother thing is not that funny. No. Um, yeah. So, I mean, let's just go on to the kiss. I mean, we've, we've stretched this out to an hour somehow. I think we've, we've covered a lot that I think the movie brought out, which is good, as it should. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so the kiss of the film is the ending. Very end. Yep. What'd you think uh, of it? The dialogue setting up sucked. Uh, where it was located was a good callback. The actual, like, watching the movie in that park, in Bloomgate Park, 
is a cool setting. Mm -hmm. The kiss itself, they didn't hold back. They kissed each other hard, Mm -hmm. which I appreciated. I'll give it a C plus. I mean, it's just the dialogue sucked, and I also I didn't care about their relationship. So yeah, agreed. Yeah. I I would give it I would give it a solid B. Mm-hmm. Just because uh, same similar things to what you said, but I, I did like the kiss itself. The kiss itself was good, and it was surprising that it was as as good as it was for what I'd seen up to that point. Um, and. Yeah, it just, it was a solid kiss itself. It's just everything else brought it down. You know, the context was great. The the kiss was great. It was just like everything surrounding it up until that point in the movie just, yeah, really brought it down. But it's hard for me to fault the kiss itself as much. But, oh my God, how about the scene where they almost kissed at the beginning of the movie and, like, they blame it on the rain ruining the kiss, you know. They go, we almost kissed. It started downpouring. No, you ruined the fucking moment when you're like, oh, you could not step on my toes. Who the fuck says that? <laughs> like, if you want to just ruin yeah. the moment because you finally remembered that you're actually engaged, you could literally just say, I'm engaged, BT dubs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're... Completely unnecessary line. You're, you could not step yeah. on my toes. What? That's so out of place. Hey, yo, bitch. Stop touching my toes. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey smirk. Like, that's supposed to... Oh, it's, I'm, you know, I'm just joking around. No, you're a dick. Anyway. All right, all right, all right. No, oh, oh, oh no, oh, no, oh, no. It's Nothing's right. all right, Matthew. Stop it. Uh, and then what happens after ever after is that they get married to their respective partners and then get divorced later like real Americans. <laughs> what? So you say they go get married to the... That Franny and... Steve get married, and that Massimo and Mary get married, and then both of those couples end up divorcing years down the road, like true Americans. That's what happens after after. Uh, that I mean, that could. I don't think you could think up a more bland after ever after for a, a more bland movie. Exactly. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's what. It, so, are do we know why Steve and Franny broke up? They've supposedly been together since college. There was an allusion to them not being on the same path anymore, I think. I mean, I and, guess that makes sense if you take into effect that they've known each other and been together since college. Right. And, she, and then they recently came into money on Franny's side. And it was obviously like they're like... Beverly Hillbillying the shit. Right. Like, I don't know how it is to be rich. And, so, and they did have a conversation about that at the end at the wedding day, you know, like, and it was, I was actually kind of impressed that it was, it was a fairly adult conversation. Like, Hey, let's be real here. We're getting married because we're used to each other. Not because we're really in love anymore or on the same path anymore. Well, you know, do we really want the same things? But then, it's like hardly a conversation to have on your fucking wedding day. I mean, it's better to have it then than to have it later. True. Um, but why the fuck didn't also, this come out before? Um, once, I mean, I think they were more like getting caught up into the other factors of marriage and also just fear. Um, it, it took. Yeah, probably. Like, it, it was just a matter of like, Steve is so bland blandly written in this film that he'll just go with the flow to the point where it's just like, Hey, I got a girl. She's pretty hot. She's got a lot of money and we've been together since college. Why rock the boat? Yeah, actually. Yeah. You're probably right about that. And then he saves a girl. He saves a wedding planner with a prodigious ass from dying due to a runaway dumpster. 
and realizes, oh, there's a whole love thing. <laughs> I didn't realize how much I love someone until I saved this woman with the prodigious ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's so amazing. Oh, um, anyway. And the fact that he tells her that he knows the curves of her face and is like, yeah, face. That's yeah, face. exactly. I thought the same thing. <laughs> When he tells her that at the door, it's like, yeah, face, sure. That's yeah. the curve, you know. Yep. Um, oh, it, it, yeah. The only thing that would have made that better is if he'd paused. I know the curves of your face. And like, yeah, like with his hands, like, made a motion. <laughs> like the hourglass motion? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly what I did. I'm like, <laughs> I just because let's be real i no matter you know whether you're hetero or homosexual or you know we support all of our lgbtq friends that ass speaks to all jennifer lopez has an amazing ass and she knows it everyone knows it it is a world fact it is a world yes it it is a world fact (laughs) in the book of world facts it's on (laughs) it's on page 69 um, <laughs> uh, nice. Um, no, uh, but yeah. I mean, Freddie and Steve. They they know it. They know they know what's what's wrong with their relationship, and so they decide to give it up. We're left to infer uh, everything you said earlier about their relationship was inferred, because uh, like so we did get some inference after all, but not the right kind. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the part where they actually probably should tell us something about, like, <laughs> or should have shown us at some point that there was, like, some chinks in the armor, and all we have is just, like, some cold feet shit that the bride has earlier. And yeah. then some obvious cold feet on his side because he's fallen in love with Mary. Yeah, they could have and shown us that, a couple scenes where, like, they're laying in bed together reading late one night, you know, and they start talking about a couple things or... Um, like maybe they're not on the same wavelength. Yeah, as kids. exactly. Yeah, you could have shown us a little more insight into their relationship to, to demonstrate that they're not on the same page. Exactly. Or maybe there's a social event that she wants them to go to, and he's all like, "I didn't even know you liked polo or whatever the fuck." You know? Right. And he's like, "You've changed since college. You're not the girl I used to know." Right. Yeah. Yeah, and like they, they hinted it with things like, "Well, I wanted a small wedding." Um, yeah, you know things like that, but I, I think they could have built towards it a little more because when they get to the wedding day and he goes takes her out to go for a walk and they they just discuss it and then mutually decide to go their separate ways like it's no big deal. Yeah. It seems out of the blue. It's like okay, come the fuck on. How did you just magically come to that conclusion and agree upon that after that many years of knowing each other? And and there's there's nothing. There's no fallout from it. Are you kidding me? Like, if you're going to make me believe something that unbelievable, I need some context beforehand. I mean, the only thing I'll give I'll give it and defend it with is I think there's a bit of relief on both of the characters' ends. True. Which yeah. which I got. Like it was like, oh, okay, they're they're both acknowledging that they're not right for each other. That's that's good. That's way to be, you know, adult about it. Like it, it sucks, but Hey, here's the facts. We're just not growing in the same direction. That's great. It's very mature, but now I need some backstory. Now I need some justification. I, I, I'm convinced you guys came to that conclusion and believe in it, but I, I need you to make me believe in it now. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, as far as the verdict for the film, I'll go first. I'm killing this film. I'm right there with you. So, yeah, that's two kills of this film. Uh, quite frankly, you don't need to see it. Uh, you're not no. missing anything by not watching this film. I mean, you're uh, missing and... Jennifer Lopez's ass, but you could see that elsewhere. <laughs> yes. Google Images, for instance. <laughs> uh, I met other movies, but... Oh. I mean, yeah, that, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally what you mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah totally. Mm-hmm. totally. Um, 
Alright. So, as far as our... Well, I think this is the first time that we both killed a film. I think it is. Yeah. Hey, look at us. Wait, what episode is this? 31. Ooh. Wow, really? 31? Sweet yeah. damn. I don't know. Over halfway through our first year, man. Jesus. Yeah, dog. That's, yeah, dog. Damn, that's actually pretty impressive. We come a long way. Yeah, we have. Anyway, you can find our socials uh, at, on Instagram, Bromancing the Stone Podcast, uh, on Twitter, Bro the Stone Pod. Uh, on Twitter, for me, I'm Supermarket Sweep without the E in Super, so S U P R, Market Sweep. And then on Instagram, I am Relusa88. That's R E L U S A 8. And then Max. On Instagram, you can find me at The Lionhearted, which is T H E, period, L Y O N H E A R T E D. Yes, indeed. And then next week, it's my choice uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. That will be the movie we watch. I'm looking forward to that one. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, I uh, I recently watched it. Well, not necessarily recently, but I watched it this year. Just for either this year or like late last year. Because last summer, um, Hulu had put out like a 10 episode miniseries based off of the film that was written oh, by. Oh, that's right. Maybe Kaling and those. And I watched that miniseries um, based off the film. You know. So, I mean, I watched it, so and I got through all 10 episodes, so, you know, that speaks enough to its quality, I guess. Is it on? Um, uh, the movie itself, uh, I think either it's, I, I don't know if it's on Hulu right now, but it might, I, I know it's on either Hulu or Netflix. Okay. I'm looking, I'm Googling it right now. It looks like I can only find the series um, on Hulu anyway. I mean, um, yeah. So it might have to be another prime video rental, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't see it on uh, Netflix. Oh, well. Damn it. Oh, well. well, I mean, we got a whole week. <laughs> That's true. But it, until then... For the tens and tens of listeners, I want to thank y'all for rocking with us and for listening to this one. Um, I wish this movie was... I almost wish it was even worse so I could be madder at it. <laughs> but you know, it was just, I get that. I get that. But like, it was just so not worth my trouble. Yeah. And it made for a, a tough recording here i'm not upset i'm just disappointed I'm just disappointed <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh, oh. all right yeah. well all right well hopefully we next week we'll, we'll salvage the situation so until then have a great rest of your week love you guys